Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Babylon Pastor Podcast, your information of all things, everything. I mean, why would you not come here for everything that you do in life? Grocery list, movie recommendations, toilet paper recommendations. All is meaningless. <laughs> well, that was a good segue to today's passages. <laughs> so, so if you're just joining us, this month we're covering uh, perceived biblical um, contradictions. And if you caught the tiny little reference that Rob put there, today we'll be looking at Ecclesiastes uh, as one of the two passages. Uh, that was very nice. That was That was slipped in. Almost unnoticeably. I like Yeah, if, if, if you caught that right away, like Michael did, then you're probably only listening to get ammunition, um, not because you really need to hear these things, um, because that was pretty subtle. That was very subtle. <laughs> it, I mean, it did take my brain a minute, but I was like, no, I know what he's doing. Wow, I'm very actually proud that I picked it up because I'm, I'm normally – Woo, not even good there. work, man. Um, well, that's just because I'm so smart in the Bible, you know. Well, yeah. Also, I looked it, these things up this morning, so <laughs> it's you one of the. You can't have a podcast if you aren't a biblical expert. Actually, there's only two things that require a podcast, or three, uh, according to some memes. But we are secret. You sorry, sorry, never mind. <laughs> You apparently have to be, uh, uh, or primarily, you don't have to be. It would be ironic that this is the thing that gets me in trouble. But primarily, you have to be male, <laughs> under, under 40, and have access to the internet. And those three things re- basically require you to have a podcast. Like every male under 40 that has an opinion can get a podcast. So, And should. Yeah. Now, ladies, I'm saying you need a podcast. I'm not saying you can't podcast. Okay? No, no, no. Just, no. Just ladies need a whole YouTube channel. Well, that's they, true. they need women just are much whole, more visual. Yeah, a whole, a whole like. Are they visual now? See, now it. I'm just, I'm just digging myself in a hole. Yeah. Let's get back to the passages, folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are a sexist bigot. So. Just throwing that out there. Well, I recently read White Fragility. Apparently, I'm a lot more than that. So, <laughs> so also, yeah, look for that. Uh, by the time you hear this podcast, that video should be up on the YouTube channel. So, you can check that out too. Free promo. Okay. So, today we're going to be looking at some contradictions or yeah. perceived contradictions. One, one in particular today. Yes. Um, the contradiction of what the Bible says about the preeminence of the earth. Um, the two particular passages that we're looking at are from Ecclesiastes and the other is going to be from second Peter. So I want to put my atheist hat back on again, Rob. (laughs) I, I am not, I am coming back to your office and I'm, Hey pastor, I'm back. I've got another contradiction for you, pastor. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Yeah. I I wasn't doing anything important. (laughs) I actually don't even have a job other than you coming in here. Sorry, no. I feel like you're you're kind of projected, <laughs> <laughs> projecting some experiences. Uh, yeah, Maybe yeah. you need to talk through off camera. Um, so, 
know, uh, I, I only work on Sunday. So as long as it wasn't a Sunday, it'd be fine. So I come into your office and I say, uh, <laughs> Pastor, in Ecclesiastes chapter uh, 1, verse 4, the Bible says the earth abideth forever. Also, I talk in King James, so just deal with that. Um, but also, huh. in, uh, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, it says the elements shall melt with ferment heat and the earth sh- and also, and the works that are within shall be burned up. So... Peter's saying that the earth will be burned up, but Ecclesiastes says it'll bide forever. So I got you, uh, checkmate. Sorry to interrupt your day. I just wanted to prove you wrong. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, you're, you're not very convincing, Pastor. <laughs> first of all, I'm, and I might get in trouble here, but you need to get a different translation of the Bible. Um, I actually had to look up what translation they were using. Turns out it is the King James. One, so. one that maybe uses something other than the Textus Receptus. <laughs> I don't think a lot of King James only has probably listened to this. We got rid of yeah. them a long time ago. <laughs> so, so maybe Textus Receptus just uh, confused people. Um, so the, that, that is something though, that honestly, that I would bring up is that 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 particular version, uh, of scripture at the time the King James was translated, um, that there are several issues that, that I personally have with that. But, but one of those things is that now they didn't do this wrong. They, they used what they had. Right. Mm. But the, the Textus Receptus is a fancy uh, way to say all of the manuscripts that the combined what they had at that point, right? Mm-hmm. The manuscripts, the translations, the um, and and so long story short, they used that to translate um, uh, into the King James version uh, of Scripture. Since then, there have been other like. Uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the most famous mm-hmm. bit of that, but there, there are other manuscripts that have been um, older manuscripts that came before the ones that were used. Um, and a lot more of them. Uh, and so the, if you look at the, the English standard version, for instance, it does not say that the earth will be burned up. Um, some manuscripts to be fair, say that. Yeah. Um, but but the the most reliable, the most old, the most numerous um, say that the earth will be uh, burned up and dissolved. The earth, the earth, and the works that are done on it will be exposed or mm-hmm. um, uh, brought to light. That's the idea there. So, um, or found. So, anyway, not to say that 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 it doesn't mean that frankly because the the whole context of the of this little bit of second peter is that he's talking about the day of the lord well what's that mm-hmm. it's the 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 day of final judgment when um the the wrath of god is poured out on unbelievers um and uh the the day of the lord for in old testament and new testament there's a lot of prophetic sort of language that gets used right like for instance in revelation um, and uh, well, this is in multiple places, but just to, to pick on one 
one book of the Bible. In Revelation, uh, there are there's imagery that talks about like stars falling from heaven and that kind of thing. Um, look, if if stars fell from heaven and and crashed at the earth, like it's over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's no there's no um, uh, Bruce Willis in a spaceship that's going to go up and and fix it, right? Blow it up with the nuke. Um, right. Uh, so that there's a lot of biblical imagery and genre, frankly, in this, this entire, uh, contradiction quote, mm-hmm. un, end quote, uh, this entire so-called contradiction. Um, we have to talk about genre yeah. of writing within scripture for both of these things, because when you talk about the day of the Lord, no matter where you're talking about it in scripture, there's always some like biblical imagery, prophetic imagery that, that gets used. Um, um, it's like when we say, um, in, in our modern day, when we say something like, uh, you just blew my mind, right? Mm-hmm. No one's head actually exploded. That would be messy and you wouldn't be talking, right? No, it'd be a problem. Um, but we get what we're saying, right? Mm-hmm. That, uh, it's, there's a wow factor. I, there's no way, you know, so yeah. you understand what's being said. And, and in second Peter, um, uh, beginning in verse nine, he says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises. Some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Mm-hmm. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. And so <laughs> you can't read that, Right. Um, in context again, which is, and, and come away with just that one little phrase in that one bit of the verse, of course, if you, um, if, if you, uh, take any of this, I'm, I'm looking for one on the same page. Um, uh, but you, uh, there, there's all kinds of stuff in scripture that if I just rip it away, from its context, it's gonna not make sense, or it might even be like heretical, right? Yeah, in some sense. But well, yeah, even you if do. you keep reading in that passage, that's the thing. Yeah. When I was looking into this, when you keep reading this passage, like you said, the earliest manuscripts don't have the that burnt away or imagery. It's more of a, a known. But if you keep even reading eleven through thirteen, there's this real sense of. You're supposed to, since all of these things are going to be dissolved away, all these things are supposed to be, are going to be exposed. And there's, there's this holiness and godliness that we should be living in, knowing that, and then you go to verse 13, that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So there's obviously not this destruction. In fact, um, some of the resources and commentaries I looked at just in looking at this, there's this real sense of the pattern of God is not a destruction rather than a renewal. So this idea that um, the earth will be renewed, there will be this this renewing of that. So it's not even if you look, if you take the other the other translation, even the early, the you know the the later one, there's this idea of it's this refining fire, not this destruction yeah. fire. Um, and then the same thing, like you said, in Ecclesiastes with literature, you have to understand that it's wisdom literature. And that even the author and the, the preacher in Ecclesiastes is talking about, I mean, he's using imagery. <clears throat> Sorry. He's using this imagery of saying, hey, this is, you know, 
generations pass away, but the earth keeps going on. This idea that he's not even, not even making a statement of fact as much as he's saying, this is how this perception is that, you know, generations come and go. What's consistent? The earth he's, is saying, consistent. he's saying we're pointless. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, Nothing that, changes. That, that's what he's actually saying. And, and if like the, the whole book of Ecclesiastes is a picture of what life looks like from the perspective of someone who um, is an unbeliever or who mm-hmm. is acting as an unbeliever, who doesn't have Christ as the center of their life. And mm-hmm. so he begins with um, vanity of vanities right? All is vanity. What does the man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? Generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it right. He's just talking about how things keep going. We're pointless. All this stuff that we do, all this work that I, I mean, he's he's just a guy at work. That's like another day, another (laughs) dollar. Like, yeah, (laughs) right. This, this text is not meant to be like, a scientific bullet pointed description Mm of, of uh, the way that the earth works. And, and look, I mean, to take that, it's, it's almost so elementary that it's embarrassing to have written the article that we got this from. Now on on that note, I do want to touch on that note because you mentioned uh, Abraham Piper in the last, uh, in the last podcast. Um, And there's a whole vein of people like Abraham, which it just, it blows my mind that his dad was John Piper and he reads the text that way, but that's a whole different subject. But um, so, I mean, just knowing that he was brought, how he was likely brought up is confusing to me that you would read the text that way. But um, I think he reads the text that way because he's angry, not because he actually believes perhaps, yeah. saying. Uh, but there are progressive pastors, for example, I did a, a, a sermon review of a progressive pastor that, that was, he very clearly grew up in a church that did not teach the distinctions of literary genre within scripture. So it was this idea that like he said at one point when he was, I think he said like eight or nine, he literally thought the Bible dropped out of heaven and that was the word of God, which is a huge oversight from his parents (laughs) uh, from not explaining that. But um, he, I mean, you can tell that, that, that led him down a path to where he's at now. Like it just wasn't explained. So now like, you know, the word isn't inerrant, it isn't inspired because look at all of these things we can look at. And he would recognize that Ecclesiastes, for example, is uh, wisdom literature, but he wouldn't take it as, you know, from God. So there's this huge distinction here that we have to, as Christians, understand and walk this line of being like, like understanding how to read the literature that's presented to us in the way it's presented uh, and, and holding those things in tension, showing, I mean, basically what we're attempting to do here, right, is showing like, okay, the writer of Ecclesiastes is trying to make a point. It is not some groundbreaking theological, the earth will never go away. That's not what he's trying to establish. Um, so to compare like wisdom literature to an epistle that's being written is it's just, it's like trying to compare a recipe to my son telling a story about a, a dog that he saw on television. Like it just doesn't like, it doesn't make, they're not even in the same category. Um, you, you can't understand those two things in the exact same way. Yeah. Cause they're coming from a different perspectives. Um, which I think it's important for us to recognize that and to teach that. Um, because unfortunately there are people that would look at this 
I mean, as, as crazy as it sounds to you and me, probably, but there are people that would look at this and really question their faith in the Bible. They would be like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I think okay. if, there's, if there's something that, you know, man, and I mean, all throughout the history of God's people, um, this has been a problem. Uh, specifically, what I mean by that is um, a generation of people who know the truth of scripture um not passing it on well yeah and then that next generation loses their mind and worships idols and worships Baal and sacrifices their children and whatever else and um that's all throughout the old testament this happens and then god wakes them up and punches them in the face and um they they it's it's like this ongoing thing right you mean he literally Um, punches people in the face yeah, it's in the book of Jehoshaphat, uh, three four. So, uh, yeah, if if you're a progressive Christian, um, which is not a real thing, um, then uh, you, just, you just hashtag triggered somebody right there. Yeah, yeah whatever, man. <laughs> you know, uh, but the yeah, end of sorry. the day is like when if there's one thing that that we should learn from this generation um that is so prone to the like deconstructionism and progressive christianity so called and all these things if if there's one thing i think that we should learn from this it's that the answer to our children is not um just the bible says so Mm, right i mean when when we're talking to a toddler sure that can be um (laughs) that can maybe be the answer but as soon as those little brains are developed enough to start actually understanding things Mm -hmm. and they have a question um or you're correcting them or you're laying down some rule in your home my goodness go deeper into it than the bible says so and frankly if you can't then what the heck are you believing well, yeah, and you're going to have, here's the thing, if you're, if you're being, just as an example to this, right, so, I mean, within, within, even within what we're looking at this month, um, to give an example, the other night we were doing family devotions, and it was, uh, oh, where was it? I forget where it was, but it was when um, God told the Israelites to go in, and it was when he was bringing them in the promised land, and they were going through and destroying these other, you know, these other cities, and it was just funny, because Haley was like, what <laughs> like what what what's going on i mean it was not because the devotional we use you you read through the text so it's not like a prettied up you know kids bible version like you read through it and then you have to ask questions and it was it was just over and over and then god told them to go destroy these people and these people and plunder these people and not take this thing and um oh i can't remember where it was but it was they went to go to a battle. They lost the battle because somebody had taken something they weren't supposed to in the previous battle. And God said, bring the people before me and I'll point out who did it. And then you're going to kill their family. And it was just like, what? And you have to walk through it. I mean, that's not an easy thing. To, I was like, this is a little yeah. heavy for today. I've had a long day, but like, it was just having to explain that, you know, God's holiness, what that looks like, what his promise was, why they were, you know, and those are not easy, simple conversations. And that's one of those mm-hmm. things that, I think as believers, we have to understand, like, like you said, the Bible says so is not a good answer. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's the quickest way to say, there's the door. Don't believe anything like I mean, yeah. it is. So, yeah, I mean, and so, I mean, there is a sense uh, that 
Um, there, there's a sense in which we can say, uh, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that that is only true for you after you come to this realization or the conviction that the entire Bible is the, the word of God and is authoritative and is inerrant and is, you know, and because when you come to that conviction and that belief, then you can say, whoa, whoa, this doesn't make sense. That can't be what it means. And then you research and look through and you're, you are forced to then study that because Mm -hmm. you know, and are confident now this is the word of God. But until that is really deeply built into you and you're convinced of that no matter what and aren't going to be swayed by it or from it, um, then the answer mom and dad can't be the, the Bible says so, right? Um, and at the very least, it needs to be the Bible says so. I'll talk to you later about it. And we know the Bible is, <laughs> right, the, the, the Bible is the word of God and that's what it says. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll talk about it later, right? Or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, because of the very types of things that you're talking about with, hey, I have it a little easier right now. We're uh, reading through Psalm 119, so that's a lot easier, which frankly yeah. is a lot about the word of the Lord being important, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the first, uh, the, the, the whole Torah there going through there, little rough, little rough. <laughs> so, as yeah. as what, so you're telling me that the brothers of this lady went into the town and killed the whole yeah that's what i'm telling you it's not pretty it's like so anyway but it goes back to what we're talking about here in regards to understanding the context of it looking up what it what it means um we we live in an age right now and here's the really cool thing i mean really we have a lot more advantage than our parents did i think in this regard in access to materials that allow us to to do that right my dad never had the ability to pull up you know the original Greek online and look at, you know, the words and what that meant and what, you know, or had access to just libraries of commentaries to kind of, you know, I mean, it was harder for them. So we're at a point now that it's one of those things where you like, there's not really an excuse not to like look in these things. So even like what we're doing this month in in these verses, like if you just take this at face value as a Christian and be like, well, he's right. Like you've not even begun to do the right thing you're supposed to do. Like you look into them context wise, just read the verses and then Mm -hmm. look in further deeper. So uh, this one was an interesting one, like you said, because it does really get into translation and manuscripts and what that means uh, as well as literary devices and genres of literature and things like that. Cause it does, there's nuance there in regards to how you read that stuff. And I think that's incredibly important to know and understand something that honestly, I don't think we were ever taught growing up. I didn't really learn that until later. So mm-hmm. it's, it's good. Yeah. To know. I, I, it's, it's um, the, this uh, getting back to this particular contradiction mm-hmm. argument sort of thing. Um, the whole thing hinges on um, the fact that when, or, or the idea rather that Solomon writing Ecclesiastes meant concretely Mm -hmm. that the earth will last forever. Um, And so, I mean, really to debunk this, you don't even need to go to the, the second Peter scripture. Yeah. Um, Just look at the John. Honestly, you (laughs) you just need to look at Ecclesiastes that first 
uh, you know, few verses in context. Um, if, if you read Ecclesiastes verses 1 through 11 in context, and frankly, then read Ecclesiastes, what you're going to see is that he's, what he's talking about is not um, concrete, right? And frankly, what he's talking about isn't concrete truth anyway. It's the perception of the way things are from, uh, from the perspective of someone who isn't, uh, isn't godly, doesn't care about it. He's not the center of anything. Um, I worship me or I worship whatever I want, you know? Um, and so this person is not finding happiness or meaning in anything, even though he's chasing all these things to do it, which is frankly the story of every unbeliever. Mm -hmm. I mean, look around, man, you know? Um, so you have to understand context, understand what the point of this particular book is that Solomon wrote, understand the genre of literature. So the, the very things that a person would do to study literally any, Anything. Um, any book of antiquity, right? Any old book like this, um, the very thing that you would do to study it and understand what it means people tend to not do on uh, either on purpose or because of just ignorance. I, I mean, I don't know the reason, but, mm -hmm. um, but you can't just read this. And, and again, unfortunately, a lot of Christians do this as well. You can't just flip this thing open and like, uh, okay. Uh, this is I remember reading, growing up right? doing that so much. And, <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I did too. Um, but you, you, ha you have to study a little bit mm -hmm. like you just re and, and even if you just read along and you don't end up deconstructing your faith, you're still not going to get out of it nearly what you could be getting out of it yeah. because, um, and understanding not just the context of the words, but the historical context, what was going on at this time or that time that this was written, uh, the geographic context, um, the social context. You get into the New Testament with Rome owning the world pretty much. And yeah. there are so many things that mean something a little bit different than what it would mean for me to just read it with my eyes in our day. Yeah. Um, it actually has a deeper meaning a lot of times than, than anyway, but it's, yeah. it's all about context. It just is. You have to understand what you're reading and not just pick a thing out of scripture, which unfortunately we're going to see all month. So yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to put my atheist hat on here and walk out the door and I'll be back next week. All right. See you then. <laughs> all right, guys, hopefully these are being very helpful to you uh, and they're benefiting you. So uh, come back next week and we will be looking at um, seeing God is what we're going to be looking at. So mm -hmm. talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.